Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome everybody, all right? Today we're talking about the problem with procrastinators. You know, everyone puts things off, you know, sometimes, but procrastinators, they chronically avoid difficult tasks and they deliberately look for distractions. And, and you know, procrastination tends to reflect a person's struggle with self-control. It's also uh, one of the contributors to major depressive disorder. But for, for habitual procrastinators who represent approximately 20% of our population, which means they say things like, I don't feel like it, that means they live their life by how they feel, which is not how we are supposed to live. We're supposed to live how we think rather than how we feel, because if we do what we're supposed to do, then we check in with how we feel. We often feel like we have a better self-regard and don't have a negative narrative. Procrastination creates a negative narrative, which means failure, 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 all about ourselves. And 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 it it really procrastination comes to take a presence, and 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 it takes a, a precedence over goals and responsibilities, and it can set them on a downward spiral of negative emotions that that also detour future effort, and it also involves a degree of self deception, and at some level procrastinators are aware of their actions and their consequences, but changing their habits requires even greater effort than completing the task in front of them. And so procrastinators are often perfectionists for whom they would be maybe more psychologically acceptable to never tackle a job than to face the possibility of not doing it very well. They may also be highly concerned about what others will think of them, and they put their futures at risk to avoid judgment. The problem is people don't think about us that often, and we tend to think we are the center of the universe, but we're not. And we're not on everybody's mind. And the quicker that we get to that, the less we have that barrier to understand. You know, some procrastinators contend that they perform better under pressure. But while they may be able to convince themselves of that, there's a lot of research out there that shows it's generally not the case. Instead, they may take a habit of last-minute work to experience the rush of euphoria at seemingly having to overcome the odds. But why do people do this? It's driven in a variety of thoughts and habits, but fundamentally, we avoid tasks or put them off because we do not believe we'll enjoy doing them and want to avoid making ourselves unhappy or we fear that we won't do them well. And so people also procrastinate when they're confused by the complexity of a task, such like, you know, doing your taxes or or when they're overly distracted or fatigued. But the site, you know... Psychology really has identified a lot of drawers of procrastination from low confidence to anxiety to a lack of structure and simply an inability to motivate yourself and you know to do things that we consider to be unpleasant. But the problem, you know, in looking at this is we use our emotions to motivate us. You know, if we're going to do something hard, 
we're going to make our life easier. And so we have to find emotions like anger, like resentment, like jealousy, like whatever emotion there is out there to motivate us to get something done that we know we need to get done. And and, and so, you know, we may actually uh, raise our mood um, if they if they predict they're going to do it tomorrow, then that's oftentimes what procrastinators do. I'll do it tomorrow, and then they raise their mood because they don't have to do it today, you know. And, and that's called effective forecasting. And, and it, then what happens is the next day comes, and they don't get the things done. You know, predicting how we'll feel in the future is known as that effective uh, 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 forecasting. And, and so when we see that. When we see that and see it, okay, I'm going to get this tomorrow, we are deceiving ourselves. You know, if something needs to get done, it's best to do it and then check in with how you feel. That is the best way to go. But people who procrastinate may hold different values than people who do not. There's a lot of studies that have indicated that procrastinators report valuing personal enjoyment more highly than others do, and valuing a strong work ethic less, and are more likely to complete tasks they feel are important to them personally than those that are assigned to them. As a matter of fact, there is a rebel in every person, and if they're told to do something, oftentimes people will not do it. You know, it's somewhat developmentally uh, uh, inappropriate inappro- uh, for teens to procrastinate. The passive resistance of delay is, is a one-way adolescence may pull away from their parental authority. You know, uh, to increase independence and decrease supervision also brings less structure and greater opportunity for distraction. And like adults who procrastinate, teens may become uh, to overestimate their ability to work under pressure. And their need to feel pressured to do their best work. You know, procrastination may relieve pressure in the moment, but it can have a deep emotional, physical, and practical cost. You know, people like students who routinely procrastinate tend to get lower grades. Workers who procrastinate produce lower work quality. And in general, habitual procrastinators can experience reduced well-being in the form of insomnia, immune system, gastrointestinal disturbance. And procrastination can also jeopardize both the personal and professional relationships, not to mention if you're married to a procrastinator. God forbid you poor person having to deal with somebody you can't trust, which is the fundamental of how to make a marriage work is to trust each other. And if people are procrastinators, they are selfish. Procrastinating when it comes to a person's health is putting off exercise and checkups and failing to commit to healthy eating. That can lead to a higher risk of hypertension and cardiovascular disease. And so you see, you know, procrastinators are more likely to engage in self-blame and disengage from wellness advice, suggesting that they are cultivating greater self-compassion and help such individuals begin to take better care of themselves. Well, you know, you got to take care of yourself if you want to be alive. You got to take care of yourself and nobody's going to do it for you. Procrastinators basically, in many regards, is a self-sabotaging lifestyle. You know, there, there, there may be a link, and I know there is, between procrastination and, and depression. So procrastination, avoidance, rumination, and rumination is when you're in your head all the time just ruminating about the reason I shouldn't do this and what will possibly happen. 
And and so we we go at all angles and usually land on the worst, if you're a procrastinator, of, of what the outcome will be. That creates a symptom of depression because people with depression may struggle to plan ahead and they lose confidence in their ability to follow through and adopt what's good, the good point, thinking. It, thinking is the point. And, and what we really need to do is do more action and less thinking. And that's hard for people to grab onto. But you really need to take leaps of faith in this life and make decisions and go with them and stop really worrying about perfection and failure. Neither one of them add up. Neither one of them are important. Failure is an opportunity to learn and that's what we have to go with. And that's how we evolve as human beings. You know, it's possible also to, to overcome procrastination, but it takes a lot of effort. You know, changing a habitual behavior consumes a lot of psychic energy, but engaging in highly structured regimen of cognitive behavioral therapy is one approach and has worked for a lot of people. In short term, that therapy may actually hold them accountable for their procrastination, which since they won't do it for themselves, maybe they'll do it for their therapist, maybe they'll do it for somebody they love. But finally, they may grab onto the idea that they've got to get themselves out of this negative thinking. You know, there's uh, 12 common forms of workplace procrastination. Is that interesting or what? And, and there's, they've also highlighted some, some uh, solutions, you know, to build in time for delay, but not too much. And making a personal challenge out of, out of mundane tasks and breaking large jobs into achievable chunks that you can celebrate and limiting your access to online news and social media, which creates a negative narrative about life today. You know, when people procrastinate, their present self-benefits avoid unpleasant work. And, but their future self pays the price in stress and punishment. So developing empathy for one's future self, as one would uh, for a close friend, for example, can be important first step to ending the habit. You know, if you won't do it for yourself, do it for somebody you care about. And that's okay. If that's what gets you off your butt, that's okay. You know, when people procrastinate, their present self benefits by avoiding unpleasant work, uh, it, it just creates a lot of problems in their life. And then the, in the end, with that habit, they basically are living in fear and trepidation, and they're not allowing themselves to join life, which is one leap of faith after the other. So they find reasons not to be alive, which is called coping. And procrastinators are coping with life and not living their life. They're living in a delusion and self-excuses that they're a productive person. And many procrastinators struggle to make important decisions because not making a choice absolves them of any responsibility for the outcome. And that's the very problem with procrastination is in adult life, procrastinators are refusing to be an adult, a mature adult who takes accountability for everything that they do. And even if they did take responsibility for everything they do as a procrastinator, well, they're just excusing themselves to procrastinate again. And they're not real and they're not legitimate in understanding the damage that their lack of commitment does to their personal integrity, which is what makes people attractive to the end of their life. 
And this is why this particular problem is so important to knock out. You know, sometimes people become so exhausted from making decisions that it seems impossible to make even relatively unimportant ones. And there's a lot of research out there that suggests that sticking to a personal set of decision-making rules or outsourcing some decisions to a partner, a friend, a coworker may overcome some decision fatigue. But that needs to be a conscious act and not a unconscious act, which is what procrastination is. If you've ever put off something important, like alphabetizing your your spice drawer, you know it wouldn't be fair to describe yourself as lazy. You know, but alphabetizing requires focus and effort. And hey, maybe you even went the extra mile to wipe down each bottle before putting it back. And I know that's a trivial task, but the bottom line is if you use spices, that makes your life easier. You know, etymologically, uh, procrastination is derived from the Latin term procrastinare, to put off until tomorrow. But it's more important than just voluntarily delaying. Procrastination is also derived from the ancient Greek word akarisa, akarisia, excuse me, in doing something against our better judgment. It's self-harm. It's self-defeating. And it's self, the self-awareness is key part of why procrastination makes us feel so bad. When we procrastinate, we're not only aware that we're avoiding the task in question, but also doing so is probably a bad idea, and yet we do it anyway. You know, self-love is learning how to say no to the things that hurt us. You know, this is why procrastination is essentially irrational. It's an emotional decision, and it doesn't make any sense to do something you know is going to have negative consequences. You know, people engage in an irrational cycle of chronic procrastination because of an inability to manage negative moods around a task. And so procrastination isn't a unique character flaw. It's, it's out there, like I said, in about 20% of our population. But it's a curse on your ability to manage time, and it also, if you have children, It teaches them to procrastinate if you yourself as a parent are a procrastinator. And that's not good because now you're making it your family's legacy because you've embraced the idea that getting things done that need to get done, well, maybe I'll just do it tomorrow. You know, boredom, anxiety, insecurity, frustration, resentment, self-doubt, all of this is created by procrastination. And it's an emotional regulation problem, not a time management problem. The primary uh, short-term mood repair over the longer-term pursuit of intended actions, simply put, procrastination is about being more focused on the immediate urgency of managing negative moods. And if you understand that, that that procrastination is an emotional decision rather than a logical decision, then you're submitting yourself to a depressive narrative that may take hold of your life and actually may become your life. You know, the particular nature of our our aversion depends on the given situation. It it may be something inherently unpleasant about uh, the task itself, like having to clean a dirty bathroom or organizing a long, boring spreadsheet for your boss. But it also might result from deeper feelings related, um, such as self-doubt, low self-esteem, anxiety, insecurity, as we said earlier. You know, staring at a blank document, you might be thinking, 
I'm not smart enough to write this. And even if I am, what will people think of it? Writing is so hard. What if I do a bad job? Well, there you go. There is a procrastinative narrative. You know, all of this can lead us to think that putting the document aside and cleaning that, that, the, the bathroom instead is a pretty good idea. You know, believe it or not, the Internet did not give rise to procrastination. People have struggled with habitual uh, procrastination going back to ancient civilizations. You know, uh, uh, you know, if you put your work off uh, today and tomorrow and the day after, you know, that's not good. It's a hateful, actually, and it's a terrible act of, of, of uh, affairs. And, and that was said by uh, Cicero, who was a Roman council. You know, th- there's all kinds of examples of procrastination throughout history. You know, look at uh, Marcus Antonius with Cleopatra. You know, they procrastinate, 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 and eventually the Romans uh, killed him. And uh, he killed himself, actually, but, but, you know, killed both of them. You know, the dinosaurs saw a meteorite coming and went back to their game of uh, angry uh, 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 pterodactyls. <laughs> you know, they, they didn't care. They just kept going. You know, what's become really clear since the days of, of, of Cicero that I've just quoted earlier is that procrastination isn't just hateful. It's downright harmful. People who procrastinate have higher levels of stress and lower well-being and lower self-esteem. All right, we're going to take another break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk more about how procrastination has worked and how it's been in mankind for so long. Come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Listen for Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. Her show topics cover creating lasting transformation in challenging environments and how creating change can have an impact on the success of individuals from a mind, body, and spirit perspective. It's going to be inspiring and uplifting each week. So tune in on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and also listen on the Voice America Business and Influencers Channels. Transformation takes one step at a time. It's time. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC CEO Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. 
are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about the problem with procrastinators. You know, the last 20 years, there's been a lot of research about procrastination. It's developed a lot of interest. You know, the, the, the research now recognizes that there's far more to it to be a, a procrastinator than putting something off until tomorrow. True procrastination is a very complicated failure of self-regulations. And so experts define it as a voluntary delay of some important task that we uh, you know, tend to, to want to do, but we don't feel like doing. And despite knowing that we'll suffer as a result, we still procrastinate. And so you know, a poor concept of time may, may create a problem, but the inability to manage emotions is the foundation. And that's what we all have to understand. We, we think procrastinators give them an excuse that they're uh, terrible, you know, time managers. No, they are ten, terrible at m- emotional regulation, which throws a barrier to doing things that they need to get done. You know, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> the basic concept, which is what Nike uh, worked that, that brilliant ad strategy in, is just do it. You know, if, if that was the solution, that would be great. And, and uh, or if we just told people to cheer up and that's what they did, that'd be great. But they're not going to do that. They have to decide that this is a problem and I'm going to tackle it. You know, a major misperception about procrastination is that it's a habit at worst. But maybe it, it, and some people may even think it's helpful. But, you know, sympathizers of procrastination often say it doesn't matter when something gets done so long as it's eventually done. And some even believe that work best under pressure. And, and so, you know, this messing around, you know, in, the, in their advantage of restructuring their to-do list so that they always accomplish something of value is also a cop-out. You know, psychological con- scientists have a real serious problem with that perspective, by the way. And, and I think it's rightly so. You know, they they basically say that uh, it it makes justification like pondering and prioritizing uh, with detrimental self-defeating outcomes is a good thing. And it's not a good thing. It's a terrible thing to have that. You know, life is not about outcomes. It's about process. And the problem with procrastinators is their process is so condensed that it makes them be uh, mediocre people. And depressed people, and with a self-narrative and, and self and negative self-talk. Some think that oh, I'm just laid back, and they—that's what they say about themselves. Well, that's nice if you can afford to live off a of mom and dad or or other people or just get by. That's what a procrastinator would rather do than have to take action that they don't want to do because they're not in the mood to do it. You know. If you have a tons of things to do, you know, and you have a list like number 10, number 11, and 12 have to wait. Well, the real procrastinator has those 12 things, but maybe one or two of them 
will get rewritten in the list. So that one and two, which were a high priority, may become 12 and 13 because um, they don't feel like doing it. And so the major essence of what makes life good for us by doing hard things, and once we do hard things, we make our life easier. If we did that more often, then people would have greater success. And I'm not saying that everybody needs to be great accomplishers, but if you want to have passion in your life and if you want to have purpose in your life, you cannot defeat your will, which is what procrastination does. It excuses you not to operate with the essence of what drives us in our life, which is our will. You know, despite the apologists and the short-term benefits of procrastination, it really can't be regarded as either adaptive or uh, innocuous. It is a big problem. You know, procrastinators end up suffering more and performing worse than other people. And if they have people who depend on them, God forbid, those people suffer from the procrastinator. And that's called narcissism. And that's called depression. And that's why we don't want to allow procrastination to operate our life. You know, if you want to do the procrastination lifestyle, you know, rather have other people think that they lack effort and lack ability, it's really maladaptive. That means that you won't ever be sought out. You won't ever be needed. You won't ever be respected. You will not be given the integrity and the value that your life is important. And when you get old, those people will fade away because you have no value. And that is what creates great problems for people who procrastinate. You know, the essence of the gap it can be a better explained by the inability to manage time or regulate moods or emotions. But generally speaking, you know, it's, it's always the emotions, guys. And that's a psychological problem. And that's something where therapy or someone outside you needs to get underneath the problem and help you understand and then help you come to your own conclusion how you want to solve that problem. It's really a decision. And it's a conscious decision that you need to reverse every single opportunity you can. And then you need to emotionally check in after you've accomplished the thing you were going to put off and see how you feel. And often we feel relieved, we feel accomplished, we have better self-regard, we feel like we can trust ourselves, and then we feel like we can be trusted. You know, And that's an important essence of life. And if you're going to have relationships, you do not want to create, create trust issues because that will destroy your life. And procrastination is a conscious, I'm talking conscious, decision to not participate in life. You know, people learn from their mistakes, and that's where we have to have forgiveness. We have to understand that if we are not doing a good job or if we didn't do a good job, it's not about what we didn't do it, or what we did do. It, it's more about how we respond and learn to the failures in life. If you want to be a perfectionist, procrastination is going to come with it. And that's a chronic problem. And that feedback loop continually calls you to be out of service. And the damage suffered as a result of this delay doesn't teach you to start earlier the next time around. And an explanation for that that paradox that's created, it seems to, to lie in the emotional component of procrastination. So ironically, the very quest 
to relieve stress in the moment might prevent procrastinators from figuring out how to relieve it in the long run. And the mood regulation piece is a huge part. If you're focused on trying to get yourself to feel good now, there's a, a, a lot you're going to miss out in terms of learning how to correct behavior and avoid similar problems in the future. It's called experiential learning. And that's what we're supposed to be doing in life is experiential learning and, and putting ourselves in a process and allowing ourselves to move through that and then finding the emotional management to, to attach emotions to motivate us to accomplish hard things in life and things that we don't like to do. You know, there's a bunch of, of research on this, and I'm hoping that all of you will do some of that if you are a procrastinator, and I hope you will take this very, very seriously. There's no single type of procrastinator. Several general impressions have emerged, however, that chronic procrastinators have perpetual problems finishing things, uh, while situational ones delay because of the task. A perfect storm of procrastination occurs when an unpleasant task meets a person who's high in impulsivity and low in self-discipline. And, and that's strongly linked with uh, uh, ADHD, by the way, and depression and anxiety. So if you want to live in that world, procrastinate because that's where you'll live. You know, you can arrive at that in a negative state, like a fear of failure, for instance, or perfectionism. You know, a uh, joy of temptation might lead you to procrastinate. That's not a good thing, but that's what people do. And that's because if we live in our emotions, we actually cut the anchor on our ship and our life will start to take its own uh, way of going based on how we feel. And then we will feel completely out of control in our life. You know, the future self becomes the beast of burden for procrastination because the future self is the one that create, that, that has to sacrifice because of all the time that we put off. While we're trying to regulate our current mood and thinking for the future, we'll be in a better state. You'll be in a better able to handle things and feelings of insecurity and frustration with doing the task. And that somehow we'll develop these miraculous coping skills to deal with these emotions that we just can't deal with right now. Well, get out of the emotion, get into action, get into your thinking, and begin to take steps to get things done that you need to get done. You know, if you if you procrastinating, let's say, painting your house, your house is just getting uglier and you're having to stare at it, creating a negative narrative about the way you live, about your environment, your value for the environment, you value for your family, your value for anybody that shows up, you know, Paint the house and then see how you feel. That might be a good thing. Or pay somebody to do it. God forbid. You know, there's a lot of research that is it's it's also procrastination has ventured beyond cognition, emotion, personality to the realm of neuropsychology that we're actually uh, the, the frontal systems of the brain are, that are involved in our executive thinking. These behaviors uh, become problem solving, the planning, the self-control. They fall under the, the domain of executive functioning. And that's where the prefrontal cortex is. And oddly enough, if you want to tear down all the highways that get good blood flow and good neurological activity into 
the executive thinking part of the brain, then you don't let the amygdala run the show. Because if the amygdala runs the show, you're going to be in fight or flight, you're going to be fear-based, and you're going to give yourself a thousand reasons not to do things. Because your brain, your amygdala is having to go all the way through alleys and back alleys and small streets just to get to the executive functioning, and the executive functioning cannot manage when we do that, because that's what depression does. It lowers our dopamine, it lowers our serotonin, and it basically creates a sense of just living within our feelings. And you can always tell a procrastinator and a depressive person and an anxiety person, because when they talk, they talk about how they feel, not what they think. And sadly, that becomes their operating system. So if we want to reverse that, we need to be people of action and thinking and then allow our emotions to fuel us, which is how we're intended to live. You know, the, the, there's findings uh, have been very strong and that it's not quite clear that, that, that ex- executive, uh, executive functioning causes procrastination. It doesn't. It's the rumination and the catastrophizing that causes the procrastination and the fear of outcomes not being as expected to be. And we have to eliminate expectations if we want to stop living in procrastination. And we have to turn everything that we're operating in into a preference. I prefer, I prefer, I prefer I had better results. I prefer I put more effort in. I prefer I would have thought this through. I prefer I didn't make this mistake, but I did. You see, that's where we get out of depression because we're not holding ourselves to expectations that are highly unreasonable. We are never designed to be perfect. We won't be perfect. And even science is not perfect. Any scientific result always evolves into a better result later on. So science has a tendency to void itself and to improve itself over time. So just because we believe we have a solid truth in science, science negates science in the future. It uses that science and perfects it. It innovates based on what the science has created and allows us to platform and evolve that science. So like that, the same thing goes in life. When we land on results, we're going to always have to improve results. But we're never going to be perfect. Okay, and and there's also uh, uh, the intentions, the basic understanding that that makes procrastination advance. And and that means executive uh, functioning suggests a number of remedies for unwanted delays. So procrastinators might chop up tasks into smaller pieces so they can work through a manageable series because they may be overwhelmed by the process leading to an outcome. But another thing that's a real problem with procrastinators is they are results-oriented, and life is process-oriented. So they need to invest in process in order to get to outcomes rather than outcomes, because that means they're not living. They're worried about outcomes instead of about investing in process. And that's what life's meant to be. That's why I said experiential learning is so important. You know, the tough, um, the, 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 the tough love and the emotional aspects about procrastinating is so important that we can't allow ourselves to slip into procrastination as an operating system. We will run out of gas. We will emotionally crash. And it's, it, the consequence is horrific because your life will come to a dead, 
dead halt if you live in this world. And it's a real problem because procrastination leads you to what's called limbo, which is a state of life where you're not going anywhere. And so what's really important is to understand that we've really got to come to grips with what causes us to blame ourselves. You know, if, if we're people that procrastinate, people often are waiting for the right moment. Uh, they, they blame their sickness. They need time to think about something. They wait for the right moment. They delay one task in favor of working on another one. And then they need time to think about the task. You know, and there's all kinds of types of procrastinators. There's, there's passive ones. You know, they delay the task because they have trouble making decisions and acting on them. And that, that procrastination is ma- mainly a, a passive procrastinator or an active procrastinator that is chronic. And then active procrastinators, they delay the task purposely because working under the pressure allows them to feel challenged and motivated. But it also causes mediocrity. And so, you know, with active procrastinators, they also uh, uh, delay the task purposely because working under the pressure gives them challenge. But then you have the passive procrastinators that delay the task because they have trouble making decisions. And so that creates a lot of problems. Then there we got the perfectionist. And they put off tasks out of fear of not being able to compete the task perfectly, which is not in our design. And then we have the dreamers. And those people put off tasks because they're not good at paying attention to detail. They just want to look at the big picture. And then you have the rebel, which is a defier. And they don't believe someone should dictate their time schedule. And then there's the warrior. They put off things because they fear of change or leaving the comfort to the known. And that's what old people do is live in limbo, not making choices, wanting everything to be safe. And that will kill them. You know, the crisis maker puts off tasks because they like working under pressure, you know. And and then there's the overdoer. And they take on too much, and then they find themselves to be overwhelmed. All right, we're going to come back, and we're going to take a corrective way of understanding procrastination and how to get out of it. So come back. your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, a view through the veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. 
What's the difference between leaders who achieve exceptional results with ease and those who struggle to keep up? Tune in for Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. You'll discover the simple practices that are making the biggest difference to a leader's success today. You'll meet leaders who are bringing out the best in their teams. You'll gain practical strategies to lead yourself and others to high performance with ease. Leading on Purpose airs live Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, Please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're, we're talking about the problems with procrastinators. And, you know, procrastinators have a higher levels of stress and illness, uh, increased burden placed on their social relationship, resentment from friends and families, coworkers, fellow students, consequences of delinquent bills, income tax, you know, returns. You know, if you want to uh, solve this, we're going to talk about that in this segment. You know, make a to-do list. To help keep you on track, and you want to consider placing a due date next to each item. Also, take baby steps. Break down the items so you're not overwhelmed into manageable steps so your tasks don't seem so overwhelming. The next thing is to recognize the signs, and this is really important because you need to pay attention to any thoughts of procrastination and do your best to resist the urge. Because if you begin to think about procrastinating, you force yourself to spend a few minutes working on your task and then see how you feel. And then you need to eliminate distraction by asking yourself what puts your attention away the most, whether it's a Instagram, social media, Facebook, local news, you need to turn off all that crap. And you need to to pat yourself on the back when you do the tasks. You need to celebrate when you do them. You need to congratulate yourself. You need to reward yourself by indulging in something fun. You know, if you look, you know, interestingly, people who say they're chronic procrastinators tend to have large gray matter volume in their amygdala, which is where we manage our emotions. And this means that they will also be more sensitive to potential negative consequences of their actions, which leads to more negative emotions and more procrastination, which filters us down into depression and anxiety. Another factor that's strongly linked to procrastination is temporal thinking, or to put it more plainly, how close you see the current version of yourself and yourself in the future, and that's called your negative narrative. You know, and there's also functional MRI scans that researchers have done that discovered that different sections of the brain are activated when we process information about our 
future and present self. And if it's a negative narrative, it drops us into depressive thinking, which clouds your brain from being functional. And then all we have is emotions to operate by, which is exactly what most animals do. And it's important that if you perceive your future self in a negative way, it's easier to do something that might harm yourself or leave you in a huge task alone and stale and limbo rather than doing it yourself. You know, as for your future self might feel psychologically distant for you now, but you have to understand you choose to procrastinate. You put enormous burden on anyone in your life that has to make up the difference. And that is just not good because those folks develop enormous resentments, enormous resentments for the procrastinator because they're obstinately and selfishly and, and, and narcissistically doing what they feel rather than what they think. And they're consciously doing it, which is really horrible. And if you make that a way of life, You are choosing to isolate yourself into a life where people will never, ever, ever value you. You know, the truth is that that we really don't change much in a short period of time. But we can have epiphanies where we wake up and decide to change our operating system and do something better. You know, you're probably well versed by understanding that, you know, there's, there's some evidence suggesting that it's an easy way to improve your temporal thinking by increasing the productivity, by increasing your actions, by increasing your ability to to, uh, overcome obstacles. And, And that practice and that consistency creates what's called integrity, and it also creates a sense of better self-regard. And, and it also decreases a negative narrative and increases a positive narrative about yourself, which gives you self-confidence. It doesn't make you cocky, but it certainly makes you a better person. And that means you have a better uh, increase in motivation towards yourself and mainly procrastinating less in the present. You know, it, 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 procrastination could cause even more problems than missed deadlines, you know, and, and that's a bad thing. People who chronically procrastinate, is they make it a habit, and then they make it a narrative about themselves, and then they have a higher level of stress, greater number of acute health problems, and they're more likely to have headaches, insomnia, digestive issues, and God knows what else hypochondriacs would have. But even more alarming, procrastination is a factor that can lead to hypertension, cardiovascular disease. And chronic procrastinators are more likely to put off health behaviors such as exercise because they don't feel like it. And so sadly, these people get off track and they self-defeat. And people who chronically procrastinate have been shown not only to perform worse as students but also and worse as employees, but they earn less and they have jobs with lesser perceived value. That means they're employable, maybe, but are they dependable? No. So do you promote someone like that? Do you want to give them more money? Heck no. You know, there's a lot of study that lower self-esteem is the biggest uh, part of what happens that actually cements the activity of this is who I am as a procrastinator. And, and you might have guessed now, it's a big problem, <laughs> as I've outlined a million times here. But, you know, you have to realize that you're a procrastinator. You have to consciously decide to not be a procrastinator, and you have to stop being so hard on yourself. You need to give yourself some compassion. 
you know, I wish I didn't put things off, but I have done it. I need to make better choices. I need to basically empathize with all the people that I disappoint and understand how my procrastination has affected their life and how they've had to adapt and work harder in their life because I choose to refuse to do the hard things that make people depend on me. You know, it's also about recognizing that everyone screws up. You're not the first person to procrastinate, and you'll never be the last. It's going to be around in all of humankind. So, you know, take a little perspective. You know, don't run down a bad road of negative emotions that lead you to procrastination. You know, experimenting with, with students, there's been some research where they predict that they would uh, procrastinate on uh, in several situations, you know, and one of the questions they would ask is, how will completing this goal be valuable to how you see yourself? How will completing a goal be valuable to how others see you? How will be completing this goal be valuable to your personal growth? And when you look at that, that's how you want to begin to assess whether I should or should not procrastinate. That is a huge uh, a part of understanding. You know, it's also, it's confused with laziness, but it's also very different. Procrastination is an active process where you choose to do something else instead of the task that you know should be doing. And and so what it really means is you're apathetic and inactivity and an unwillingness, a rebel inside of you who says you cannot tell me what to do. And, And sadly, no one's trying to tell you what to do. What they're really trying to do is influence you. And, and try to help you do something healthy or what they perceive as healthy, which means that they don't have a negative intention. They actually have a positive intention. So there's a lot of things you want to do, you know, to help yourself. And, and some of those things is forgive yourself for procrastinating in the past. And studies show that self-forgiveness, because you didn't intend to hurt anybody, you did not intend to do that. And this means you have the material needed to forgive, you know, and you need to feel more positive about yourself and reduce the likelihood of procrastination in the future. You know, commit to a habit, commit to a routine that's healthy, like exercising and see what happens that you consistently exercise despite how you feel every single day of your life and see what that does. You know, commit to to a task. Focus on doing and saying, I will never use the word try. I will use the word will or won't. So you focus on doing and not avoiding. I will. If you live within the will, you're going to move your life forward. If you live within the try, you're always going to have a back door. Try is one of the worst words in the whole English language. It's a cop-out. And anytime you hear somebody do a try, you're hearing, I'm mediocre. And you know what? A lot of people try to be married, try to be a parent, try to do a lot of things, uh, do, do a job, try to repair something, but they don't will it. And there's a difference in the outcome because will means I will enjoy it, I will invest in it, I will personally invest in it and see where this leads me. You also want to promise yourself a reward for not procrastinating. If you complete something on time, reward yourself with a treat, you know, uh, maybe a cup of coffee or something, and notice how good it feels to finish things. 
Also, uh, write down the tasks that you need to complete and specify a time for doing them and hold yourself accountable for that. And this will help you you uh, uh, proactively tackle your work and ask someone else to be a part of it. You know, peer pressure works. This is a principle behind self-help groups. If you don't have anyone ask or online tools such as Procrastinator, which is a tool online, by the way, it can help you. And it'll help you self-monitor, by the way. You know, act as you go. And so that means you tackle tasks as they arise rather than letting them build up over time. It's like clean your house as you make it dirty. Clean up after yourself. If you do that, you have a lot less to clean. But a lot of people don't do that. You also want to rephrase your internal dialogue. And this is the most important part. The phrases need to and have to, for example, imply that you have no choice in what you're doing. And so you're going to rebel against the task. And this can make you feel disempowered. It might even result in self-sabotage. However, saying I choose to implies that you own a project and can make you feel more in control of your own workload. And then you minimize distractions. That means turn off your email. Turn off your social media. Avoid sitting anywhere near a television. Uh, That's going to distract you. That's not what you want to focus on. You know, first thing every day, get the hard things done. If you really want to not procrastinate, first things first, do the hard things right off the bat. You know, and also, if, if you want to enjoy, you know, n- not procrastinating, you know, deliberately delaying getting started on something so you can focus on other tasks can make you feel more challenged and motivated to get things done. But it can work well because you're looking forward to getting back to solving that other problem. Because you allowed yourself to be distracted by something urgent that interrupted your day and made you become a reactive person rather than a proactive person. So, you know, if you decide to actively procrastinate, be sure to avoid putting your co-workers or your family under unnecessary, unpleasant, unwanted pressure. That you will become a pariah in your office. Yes, they may be friendly to you. Yes, they may be kind to you. But no, they will not respect you. You know, if you prioritize your to-do list, if you're going to have one, then do it. And also become a master of scheduling and committed to good scheduling and committed to making it and good at project planning. That's an important part. If you keep saying I'm not good at it, you're not going to do it. Okay, these are the key points. It's the habit of delaying and usually focus on less urgent, more enjoyable things. Don't do it. (laughs) it's an unwillingness to act and it can restrict your personal your potential and it can undermine your career and you don't want that i want to thank everybody for listening i'd love to hear from you you can do that at our webpage at voiceamerica.com the empowerment channel dr gary bell's absurd psychology now remember procrastinators choose to wait to be wiser also procrastinators are extremely productive at unimportant things And a procrastinator philosophy is never put off tomorrow what you can do the day after. Also, procrastination is like a credit card. It's a lot of fun until you get the bill. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. 
Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 